Welcome to Blazing Access, amplifying the disability voice one story at a time. I'm your host, Blaze Bryant. Facebook.com slash Blazing Shows, B-L-A-I-S-I-N Shows, same with Twitter, and my website, which is BlazingShows.com. Hope you are doing well. May was Mental Health Awareness Month. At the end of the month, I sat down with Sierra Hennessy, my co-worker at Consumer Directed Choices, who works in our timesheet department, and Lindsey Green, who is a higher education disability services professional. Due to some technical difficulties, we had to record the conversation off of my iPhone. A quick note before we start. I said to Sierra and Lindsey, if there are, is anything you want me to pull because of discomfort, let me know. Or if I ask you something that you're not feeling comfortable with, let me know. This was an unedited conversation, which began by me asking, what does mental health mean to you? Sierra starts the chat. Oh, that's a really good question. Mental health really depends on the person, really, in my opinion. Because I know my definition of having a good mental health day is far different from yours or yours. So, it, like, what? Okay, so mental health day, what does that look like for you? It would be a day where I'm able to get up out of bed and brush my teeth, get all the shit I need to do done, and not feel, I don't know, like the weight of the world's on my shoulders. Mm. Like, I'm not dragging along all day being like, I don't want to do this. I got you. I come out, uh, you know, working with students who have mental health concerns as the word concern. Um, so it's some type of uh, diagnosis they have or something that makes their mental health not good, meaning their uh, they struggle with anxiety or depression or OCD or bipolar, or, you know, a plethora of other, um, quote unquote disorders. Um, so I think that mental health in general is being one with your mind, body, and soul and being able to recognize that there's a good balance. And when, if that gets off balance, we need to take care of ourselves. Gotcha. So that's interesting. You use concern instead of disability. I try to take away the word disability because it, I feel like it makes the student that I'm working with uh, look at it as a negative way. Now, we obviously understand that disability is not a negative thing. Right. Um, but when trying to work with students that are 18 to 22 or older, uh, they don't see it that way. So education in general is, is part of my job, but um, starting out with trying to make it more normal um, and part of everyone's, you know, daily life or, or whatever the, in, in everyone's society, um, I, I try to normalize it. And I think taking that word out does normalize it for students. Sure. And I could only imagine, because I mean, I'm just remembering my own transition from high school to college um, and just some of the anxieties around that, you know, learning the learning an entirely new area as as a blind person, um, like you know, kind of overarching for you. Like, how difficult is that transition for the students that you work with? 
it's definitely different for everyone um but in this you know post-pandemic world that we're in it is extremely different difficult for students um i think that you know when i was working um, at a different institution than i am now uh pre-pandemic people you know had anxiety about going to class or um, maybe had depressive episodes or those things but now it has been extremified if that's the right word to use i love the word extremified (laughs) i feel like everybody and everybody knows the word anxiety depression having a bad mental health day and they can use it um and they are able to advocate for themselves in that type of way which is think i really think that's interesting and something that the pandemic really brought which i think is a nice thing um is that people are able to express their needs more um I, I also think that uh, mental health in general uh, has, in the world, not even just in higher education, uh, has become something at the forefront of everybody's daily life. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, Absolutely. we're sitting here having this chat today because CRU sent me a, a note on Facebook and we're like, hey, we want to come do this because... You know, I have your your words, not mine. Yeah. You, you know, I have you know my own mental health stuff that you know I think is important to talk about. So absolutely. Yeah. So you know, share whatever you, whatever you want to and what you're comfortable with. So I have always kind of struggled with my mental health since a young age, and I didn't really start getting help until my last year of college, mm. and that's when I was able to connect to the dots of yeah I do have depression I have anxiety and wow yeah I definitely have OCD um and growing up it was never something that was ever talked about my family I didn't know anyone else in my family had mental health issues because it wasn't talked about but it would have been something really you know fucking nice to know yeah that other people in my family have this and that it's not just me being the outlier really struggling here. It has happened to other people. And to have that conversation and feel like I could talk about it with someone else, to go to my parents and say, hey, I need help. I don't know if I should be going to therapy. I don't know if I should go see a counselor, if I need to see a psychiatrist, anything like that. I felt like I was the only one doing that and then to find out oh no other people do we just don't talk about it i feel like that's a very toxic thing that happened to me and also other people i know in society but now i go to work and i'm like you know what my therapist told me Mm -hmm. (laughs) and everyone else is like yeah like my therapist told me this and this and it's a really nice conversation to have Mm -hmm. to show that you know you're not alone in this and that your mental health is important. It's There's not a stigma around it. Mm-hmm. Saying, oh, you have mental health issues. You're like the weird kid in high school that's, you know, meowing at people. That's not <laughs> that's not the correlation people should be making. Right. I mean, but let's be weird. Who the hell's not weird in high school? Exactly. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't look at back at high school and be like, wow, I really peaked there. <laughs> Because I certainly did not. <laughs> like, if you if you look back at high school and think that you peaked, maybe you 
you need to get some help for your damn self. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because there's, and I, like, I know that probably just came out really douchey, but <laughs> the reality is like, there's so much more of your life there that, that you have to, that you have to live. And if you keep going back to like that point in your life where you were not fully mature, the brain's not fully developed and that's just scientific facts. Yeah. If you go back to that and say that that was your peak. Mm -hmm. you should be in therapy yeah (laughs) well speaking i mean that's when a lot of people realize they have you know something with mental health that they're struggling with or mental health um middle school and high school is a huge time for people to realize oh wow Uh i do have anxiety or these bouts of you know these days that i don't want to get out of bed or i'm just super sad all the time oh maybe that is you know depression or i should see a therapist and i think you know we all went to high school around the same time it really wasn't something that was talked about and the counselors there were what we weren't they were guided they were helping you get into college they weren't let's talk about your mental health um and it was frowned on almost to see a therapist and it was like oh you have problems at home if you're seeing a therapist where I feel like now for the the kids that are in middle school and high school they, it's celebrated it's like oh wow good I'm so glad you're taking care of this now um and the amount of people that I've seen in the last few years come in with mental health um diagnoses is so much more than I did at the beginning when I you know started in this field Sure. I mean, I, and this is not something I've talked a lot about because admittedly, I used to be that person that did not talk about my mental health stuff Mm -hmm. because again, you know, much, much like you, Sierra, I felt like I was not in a great position to be, uh, you know, talking, talking about it. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, Lindsay, to your point, I mean, I, I started, you know, feeling really, really sad and just sort of, and dare I say, angry, mm-hmm. uh, you know, middle in, into high school. And initially I thought it was because, okay, all of my friends, well, I mean, loosely use the term friends, <laughs> but they're, they're starting to, you know, you know, find their own you know, groups and are starting to get their permits and licenses. And here I am, you know, another one bites the dust, uh, you know, to make a clean reference. (laughs) God, that sounded morbid. I didn't mean it to. But I I guess if I could rephrase it, you know, okay, all right, there, you know, there goes another one, you know, they're, they're doing their thing. And, you know, when you're a disabled person growing up in the North Country where there are not a lot of resources, yeah, you get you get left in the dust. And but that was kind of a blessing in disguise because it forced me to find an entirely different friend group that has been like my my squad since high school. You know, cuz you know only a couple of us uh drove and it's just like we were just able to connect with each other. That's amazing, yeah. yeah. It, it's, so, like, you know, did that, you know, from a mental health standpoint, did that kind of fall in line with either either of you? Or? I didn't really find my group of people until college. So I definitely struggled 
throughout high school. I specifically remember junior year of high school. Mm-hmm. I wore a sweatshirt and sweatpants every day with slippers and my hair up in a bun. And I only wore jeans when I ran out of sweatpants to wear for that week. Mm. It was really bad. And then going into college and making my lifelong friends that I still have now, I, looking back, I can see the shift of, I belong here and I'm comfortable with these people. I don't have to pretend to be someone I'm not. Mm -hmm. I can be open and be my weird ass self if I want to be. And I'm not going to get judged. I'm going to be celebrated. Yeah. I think for me, the start of me noticing that I, that my mental health maybe wasn't so great was in high school with the group of friends I had. Um, And I didn't have the words for it or the terms back then. Um, But when I was realizing I was being left out for the day, I would get extremely like anxious and not knowing what that meant. Yeah. I knew that like I was very worried and would get paranoid and angry and, you know, not understanding that that was a part of this thing we called mental health um, and that my body was just reacting to being, you know, left out or being scared that someone was going to say the wrong thing or looking back now, I was an extremely anxious teen. Um, I should have been seeing you know, a therapist, especially during high school. And I think things come down for me in college because I found people that, you know, wasn't, didn't act, um, in that manner. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's, it's odd switching, you know, going to college. I went to college in New York city where they say, you know, every, you know, everything's so liberal there and we talk about everything, but you really don't, you're really isolated, um, so it was another, you know, battle to kind of figure out what this means and, um, how do I, uh, navigate all of it? Yeah. It's, I mean, and like being, I mean, teenage years are so freaking weird to begin with. Yeah. Oh my God. For yeah. sure. And, you know, and again, like, you know, vulnerability. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, hell, there were days where I would come home from, from high school, you know, after a just a really shitty day no other way i can put it mm-hmm. yeah um and i'd crack open a beer at 315 you, you know because mm-hmm. that's that's what i knew as my coping mechanism at the mm-hmm. time yeah. not proud of it uh yeah. but that's 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 what i knew and that's that's what i you know admittedly and like now that i'm really thinking and processing this stuff through in real time as I'm talking with you to that. I, I think I, I think I did what I did cause that's what everyone else did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was my way of trying to like, you know, get off the Island of misfit toys, if you will. Yeah. Um, not that I should be making Rudolph Christmas references. in May. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best damn thing I could think of in yeah, the moment. No. <laughs> you know? it, it's really fitting. Yeah. yeah. I think everyone has their coping mechanisms on those bad days or just throughout in order to cope with life. I know some people result to self-harm, drinking, you know, substance abuse problems. And then something that I think I did was I became ultra positive. 
Mm. I went to the extreme of, I am just the happiest person. I got it all together and put on a facade completely. I am, you know, just the most positive, happy, go lucky person where on the inside I was crumbling. Um, and it wasn't until the pandemic when I started seeing a therapist regularly, was I able to go, Oh wow, that is a facade. You are totally putting on a show. Um, and being, having the time to, you know, take to break that all down was super beneficial for me. Like when did that, when did that facade kind of come crumbling down on you? The pandemic when I was, uh, first seeing a therapist in early, you know, 2021, Mm. um, Mm -hmm. And got a diagnosis and now have coping strategies and things. And not that I'm not a super happy person anymore, but I now can go, you don't need to fake it. You're allowed to be vulnerable. You're allowed to say you're not okay. You're allowed to, you know, break down and have that panic attack and not feel like everyone's going to be looking at you or judging you for it. Yeah, and you have an awesome support system sitting right across me. 100%. And I definitely think that and my immediate family, especially my sister, helped me figure it all out and be okay with not being okay and being okay to seek the help and go through, you know, treatment and therapy and, um, things and being able to process your emotion through a panic attack or process your emotion through disassociation is much more beneficial than putting on a facade and saying you're okay. Cause you're just bottling it up and making it worse. Yeah. And you know, it's not always, Panic attacks don't always look the same for everyone. Mm -hmm. Disassociation doesn't. But if you're in a relationship, I think it's super important to know the other person. Like I know I can tell when you're starting to disassociate or when you're having a panic attack. And I can help you work through that Mm -hmm. and get to the root of the problem a little bit easier. It's not pretty always. I mean, it's never really a pretty Mm -hmm. process. But... If you can pull it's off a pretty panic attack, let me know how you do. Yeah. But I think you have a good point is that it's super important that, you know, when you find that support system and it doesn't come easy. There are people who don't have that, unfortunately. But when you find that you actually are having conversations about how, what you want to, what, what, what do you want said to you when you're in that moment? You know, what does that look like for you and how, um, how you can get through that together. Um, yeah. I'm sure you and your fans, I have those conversations um, as well, right? Well, I'll tell you, my, my fiance, frankly, inspired me to, um, you, you know, take a look at therapy. Because uh, admittedly, I, I stigmatized that, you know, because from experiences that I had mm-hmm. um, yeah. as as a kid, um, my, my parents divorced at a young age and I had to go, you know, see these different mediators and, and child mm-hmm. psychologists that frankly, like they, they didn't do anything for me. Yeah. Um, I don't want, like, I don't want to say that they didn't do jack shit because maybe they did for, for other people. Just for me, they did not. Yeah. And it took me a long ass time. Like it took me therapy uh, <laughs> shocking huh like 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 and, and i want to be very clear like this is not a podcast of like hey you, you know everyone go get therapy uh like, <laughs> like we're just merely just having a conversation about mental health yeah. but it's 
therapy has been, you know, such a such a beneficial thing thing for me to work through that that stuff and uh, I, I vividly remember uh, you know my, my therapist talking with me about medication now yeah. it, it, you know which it, it took some convincing because it's just like oh my god I don't want to I don't want to take a freaking pill I don't really in yeah. general like taking pills um, I you know, and honestly, it was one of the best things for me personally. Um, you know, a little because I I do have a lot of anxiety and and that sort of thing, and um, it's definitely transformed me significantly. I can say the absolute same. I take medication for my depression, anxiety, and OCD, and I know I have seen the change in myself and I can definitely tell and I know you can tell mm-hmm. when Absolutely. I don't take my medicine or there was one time within the past couple of months where I ran out and I didn't realize and I had to wait three days to get more Ooh, and it was there a was, long weekend <laughs> there was one day I was crying and I walked into the living room and I'm like, I made myself sad because our dog is going to die one day. <laughs> you can laugh about it. It's okay. It's a little oh my funny. gosh. That was a fun one to navigate. Yeah. Um, so taking medication for your mental health, there's, there was always a huge stigma about it. Like I know I don't produce serotonin and I need medication to help that and there shouldn't be any shame around Mm -hmm. that because I'm trying to better myself yeah and the coping mechanisms that I've had before when I was in high school and my first year of college I was self-harming so I would say taking a medication is far better than that (laughs) um I mean I think the stigma that goes around therapy and medication for mental health and all this stuff is just so bizarre. Why are we stopping people from helping themselves? If I had a headache, you wouldn't say, Oh, nope, just stick it out. Be happy. And your headache will go away. No, they're going to say, Oh, take, take Advil, take whatever. So why don't we do the same when someone's, you know, struggling with their mental health? Exactly. I mean, for me, it was, you know, you know, part of it was, Okay, what what kickbacks? How much are these? Like, part of it for me was okay. How much is my therapist going to be profiting off of me taking a damn pill? Yeah, well, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah, because that's just where my brain goes. Okay, um, because you know I'm like the most cynical thirty year old human you'll ever meet. <laughs> <laughs> like, are they getting a payout for me taking this medication that they suggested? That's an interesting point to yeah. take. And as you know, with any medication, there's no guarantee it's going to work. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've gone through my fair share. I know that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the things that I've noticed. Like, yeah, certainly a, a more a more even person than, than I was without it. Because um, yeah, let's be, be real. I'm, I'm too <laughs> wired to not be, like, even. Um, <laughs> You know, one of the things that I've that I've noticed is, 
you kind of get a little spacey sometimes if you're in mid thought or yeah um you're trying to like trying to find the right word not always easy and and that's like for me one of the biggest i don't know if either of you have dealt with this too maybe you have some ideas but just trying to find the right word sometimes yeah no i definitely have that kind of brain fog of i can't remember the right words yeah it's kind of fascinating really yeah i know and like medication isn't the cure-all to mental health you still need to put work into it Mm -hmm. and i think that's what a lot of people think is oh you're taking a pill for it you're fine Mm -hmm. and that that's not it no i know my medication had my first medication um i gained like 60 pounds in a month what? Yeah, it was wow. horrendous, which did not help with your mental my, health. Yeah, yourself. <laughs> yeah, it did anything. not yeah. help me at all. Mm-hmm. And so, being on medication for depression, one of the side effects is weight gain, mm. and it's not a great time because then it just kind of eats at your mm-hmm. um, not body image, self esteem, self esteem. That's the word. As we're talking about finding the right words. Right. <laughs> and I was intentionally trying to give you the space to, to find the right word. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Because <laughs> you know, I didn't want to put words. No, no, why are you apologizing? <laughs> like, this just played out perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really eats at your self-esteem because, yeah. you know, you're bigger than you used to be. And that really eats at you and it kind of sometimes makes you a little more depressed and I mean it's so interesting I had a conversation with my therapist about medication and I'm not on any medication for my mental health um but we talked about the what's a better like balance is struggling with what I am right now with my mental health or dealing with the side effects and you have to think about that because no medication comes without you know the risk of side effects and i know that you know seeing from your experience sarah that there was a lot of side effects and is that does it outweigh absolutely yeah i mean for you it does which is awesome but i i i know know students too who are literally shells of themselves on their medication and for them, I've had conversations with them too about, you know, talking, how, how do you bring it up to your psychiatrist about, I think I want to get off of these because I'm not myself. Or at least um, change and what, the medication or try Yeah, else. for sure. Um, so it's, it's an interesting battle of yeah. what does work. And it's obviously going to be individualized. No one, there's no one right thing for everyone, but, um, yeah. But that's like the shitty part of of medication. For sure. That, like you you essentially become like your own scientific experiment. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's the same that's, thing going I back. I felt like a guinea pig. It, yeah. yeah. Oh and I, I felt that on the other medications that I'm on too. But I mean, going back to the headache example I brought earlier is some people take Advil, some people take Aleve, some people take Tylenol. Not everything works for everyone. So right. there is a plethora of options. Um, and, and it sucks that when you're to take something stronger, some people have to take yeah. migraine medication for right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's so interesting that when dealing with mental health, you see those commercials on TV that it's like, this will cure your depression, but don't worry. The side effect is depression. And 
suicidal thoughts. It's like, but wait, I'm trying to get rid of that. How is this a side effect? Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it is such an interesting yeah. struggle on top of the actual mental health itself is now navigating medicine and what is going to work, what isn't going to work. And yeah, well, I mean, that's a whole entire debate about should, should medications be advertised yeah. because I timed this out one day, you know, because I, I tend to be a little bit of a media nerd. That's what my big, my undergrad degree is oh, in. Cool. That's why we're sitting down and having this chat because, you know, podcasting is, is something that I, that I do because it's been tough for me to create those, those radio opportunities, uh, which is what I've wanted to do since I was 10. But I timed it out one day and on a 60 second, so one minute, mental health commercial 30 seconds is them talking about why you should do it and the other 30 is why not oh yeah and, exactly. and of course the why not is so much more damning than mm-hmm. the why should you and it's so much more information because it's going so fast they list those side effects off like they're at an auction yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they really do that that's a great way of putting it Lindsay. yeah it was your depression or worsen. It may cause you to have suicidal thoughts. It may cause death. Do exactly. not try to drive yeah. a vehicle after taking this. Exactly. Like, well, I mean, I think those commercials do exa- make the stigma even worse because people who don't struggle with their mental or don't have the idea that what they're dealing with is mental health um, realize that and obviously judge it more and then judge the person who's coming to you saying oh you know i'm struggling with anxiety they're gonna completely cut you off and but well don't be on medicine don't do this don't go to therapy they're trying to tell you your parents suck you're you know whatever so you know exercise gives you natural yeah take a walk every day yeah i mean it's 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 really it's really not hard so sierra i want to go back to something that you you know, that you touched on, okay. you know, about how you put on a bunch of weight because of a medication. Yeah. I mean, we, we live in a world where, you know, yeah, there's quote unquote body positivity. <laughs> and, I, and I say that in, in air quotes. And because and, I, I know that there's an expectation, you know, especially for women to look a certain way and present themselves a certain yeah. way. Um, like, I mean, A, like, do you, as a general rule, follow that stuff? And B, like, how, how difficult was that for you to deal with literally the, the, the extra weight on your shoulders? (laughs) I have always been a, a bigger person. I've, I've been overweight my entire life. Every doctor I've ever been to has always suggested lose weight. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Everyone in my family's big. It's fine. I don't have to change myself to be accepted by someone. I'm in a very loving relationship now mm-hmm. with someone who loves me and supports me and thinks I'm beautiful the way I am, which is great, but I haven't always had that. Mm. And putting on extra weight was just so damaging just to my mental health, to my body. And it was very hard for me to accept myself. And I've struggled with self-esteem a lot because I've always been bigger. 
-hmm. I'm very aware of my size and where I can fit, where I can't fit. And I've, I always hated feeling like I took up too much room. I took up too much space in any room. I wasn't able to ride uh, like roller coasters and do all the fun things that other people wanted to do. If my friends wanted to go on a hike, it was much harder for me mm. because I had extra weight. Mm-hmm. And when you're not able to do things, it definitely hurts. But I know now I can do things with within reason. And it's something that I try to work on. But it was very, very damaging when I initially gained the weight. I looked at a picture of myself and I, I didn't want to be in pictures with my friends because I looked like I didn't belong. They were all so tiny and there I was in the back, like basically covering all of them. And I, I hated the way that I looked. Wow. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a good time. And there's still sometimes I look at pictures of myself and I'm like, wow, like, I don't like it. But then I'm also the type of person that will go to the bikini, go to the beach in a bikini, high-waisted, and be like, if you want to look, that's on you. I'm comfortable the way I am. There you go. I've become comfortable with the way I am because I know that I have people who love me, who support me, and it's a constant struggle of self-acceptance and building my self-esteem. I want to do what makes me comfortable, and if it doesn't make somebody else comfortable, or not even comfortable, because you don't have to look at me. Mm -hmm. If you choose to look at me, that's it. That's on you. I mean, it goes back to the conversation we had earlier about the impairment is on society, not on the person. And it's really society not understanding that people are built different, you know, right? Um, metabolisms and all these things. And our media and society celebrates tiny fit people. And that just isn't the reality for most Americans and most people in general, you know, in the world. And I, it does affect people's mental health. Um, And, you know, a slight comment someone might make to you could stick with you for months. Yep. And it's so, I I really think the body positivity and whatever can be super damaging because it's putting it at spotlight where really I have really loved the body neutrality is like, it's all just neutral. There's no positive or negative to anybody's look, style, size, anything i think people should just be allowed to be who they are and we shouldn't be putting anything in the hierarchy or judging someone based on how they perceive the world how they behave in the world and what they look like how much space they take up in the world you're allowed to take up space yeah you're allowed to have space for yourself Mm mm-hmm well, well, yeah. I mean, everyone's everyone's allowed to have space, and and everyone deserves to be like, you know, to quote Steve Harvey, your damn self. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because and if you and if you can't be that, then or if you're around someone that's not allowing you to do that, you just 
hate to say it, but you, you just have to cut the cord and be like, okay, yeah. see it. Deuces. Because yeah. this is like this is what I need to do to yeah. survive. And well I mean not just survive, but but thrive. And yeah. like when I I mean just just sitting here, you know, talking with with the two of you, like I mean, obviously I could I could care less what the two of you look like, <laughs> um, you, you know, and it's in, you know, and and what matters to me more is is the fact that you know both of you are two absolutely wonderful people that you know I you know would love to spend time with and yeah. and 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 I. Th- and and not to say that the world should look at stuff through my eyes because uh, you're not going to be looking too <laughs> But I think, you know, we, we need to do better, do we not, in terms of, like, looking beyond what you actually see. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think most people's mental health is affected by the way people perceive them. Um, and it's super interesting hearing from your perspective because you can't physically see what a person looks like. So there is no judgment right. or bias put on that person. So literally, you know, walking a day in your shoes for everyone might be so, I don't know, validating. because I would say eye-opening. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, that wouldn't be appropriate. <laughs> Or eye closing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, however you want to spin that. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, you know, because to me, I mean, obviously I judge. Yeah. Who the Everyone hell does doesn't Everyone judge? Does. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you know the, the big thing that I, that I judge is voice. Interesting. Yeah. Why? Well, because that's, like, that's, that's my first impression. Right. Right, you know, first impression, you know, tone and and mm-hmm. and and character and and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and like I, if if I think that someone has an an annoying voice that just sort of grates on my ears, like I, I'm sorry, like I I know that's not your issue. I mean, <laughs> neither of you have <laughs> that issue. You don't. Um, <laughs> But, but it, it, like, someone that just has a very grating voice is like, I, you know, I've got one less sense here. I, I, I need to, you know, I need to protect that. Yeah. And, and so I, I, again, I know that's, 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 you know, by my own admission, a kind of insensitive thing to do. And, you know, something that I'm, and here we are talking about mental health, you know, you know, mental health and, and just being a human in general is, you know, just the constant battle of working on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Um, one thing that I read was that your initial thought about someone or something mm-hmm. is how society has taught you to mm-hmm. think about it. And then your secondary thought is how you actually think about it. Ah. So if you find yourself judging someone, like just right off the bat, like, oh, wow, she shouldn't be wearing those shorts. And then correcting yourself of why the hell do I care about that? Mm-hmm. Or like, oh, wait, those actually look good. Or, like, or whatever, oh, yeah. Girl rocket. <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, you, you got to do you. 
Yeah. Because only you can do you. You you have one shot. Yeah. Um, like I I feel like we just like there's just too much bad energy. Absolutely. And Quite I think too much. society yeah. has built us to judge others and make negative impact on people's lives and, and judge ourselves honestly, for sure. Oh, absolutely. Which is a huge impact on people's mental health and their self-esteem and everything. Um, and it just sucks that that's how the world is constructed. So like, I, I guess the, you know, the best way to kind of wrap this up is I know like you guys have stuff to do. That's way more important than talking to me. <laughs> this is highly important. Well, <laughs> this was number one on our list today. So <laughs> way to feed my ego. Sarah. <laughs> uh, I, I greatly appreciate that. And you know, Absolutely. um, like what, like, what can we do? Like what, what can we do as a, as a collective, um, to, to do better? I mean, I'm in the world of education, and one of my big things is just educating people. Tell, like, it, explaining what mental health is, explaining how it can be affected, explaining the different treatments and therapies and medications. And um, I think the world needs to know more. I mean, knowledge is power, right? That's a huge cliche. But I think the more people understand it and can see it and live with it, the more they're not going to judge or want to um, place someone in a box because of something they're struggling with. So I, I agree with you that, that education is important and everything, but being, you know, as, as a, as a blind person who walks around with a guide dog, people invariably just want to play 20 questions with you. And I'm sorry, uh, yeah. I'm not always in the mood for that. Truth no, of course not. And, it, and it's not that I want to be disingenuous. Mm. I don't. But, it's, but also, like, there shouldn't be the expectation to yeah. always be an educator. A hundred percent. I think there's a time and a place for the education and I think it should be an organized thing. Um, or at least a one that, you know, both parties are consenting to chatting about it. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think it is the people with the disability or the, you know, mental health issues that need to be the one constantly educating others. I think that what we learned, um, in the height of the pandemic with Black Lives Matter movement, it's it's not black people's uh, it's it's not our responsibility to educate the white people. It's not the person with the disability to educate those without. I think that we all should be striving to learn more and be accepting and just like nice people and kind when it comes to encountering something that might be different than you. Yeah. Right. So I guess like then the million dollar question becomes so if it's not our responsibility how do we do it? Yeah, that's always a tough one. It's complicated, but I think there's a way. <laughs> I mean, I think that it it's not I think it should obviously is voluntary and um I think it can be organized very well. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I say it's not our responsibility is if someone comes up and asks you a question, it's not your responsibility to sit there and Spend two hours with them, educating them on everything. But right. if you choose to go and host a workshop, then that that's awesome too. Uh, but I think that the world should be more 
uh, open to learning and accepting. It just seems to me like here we are, and I've said this, here we are, we're in the age of information, and people seem to know very little about anything. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's also so, it's free and super easy to Google, and people still don't want to do it. Yeah, or, or, or even even YouTube. Like yeah. YouTube is such a handy resource for, for so Everything. many things. Yeah. That's how I learned how to fix my car. Yeah. On YouTube. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think that it goes back to... The impairment on society, and I, I preach that often, but, like, people don't want to. They don't want to be burdened with the idea of thinking outside of their bubble. Mm-hmm. Of thinking of more than themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we need to strive to be in a world that wants to do that. Yeah, for, for sure. So, that I just thought of this. Uh, you know, next month is, is Pride Month. Both of you talked about, you know, how mm-hmm. you're how you're uh, in a in a relationship and have been for you know some time yeah. like what as as a as a cisgendered straight man mm-hmm. I, I i did get that right didn't i yes I didn't. you did yeah. <laughs> good job thank you because i'm certainly not above messing up pronouns okay um what like what 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 could i do to be a better ally because obviously <laughs> allyship and mental health in this context are very much tied together. Absolutely. Yeah. And probably more so than I'm even thinking they are. Oh, I, being a good ally to me at least is sticking up for people who can't necessarily stick up for themselves. Mm. And I'm not saying that we can't do that because I'll beat a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Not physically, but with my words. The children and trans youth. And I mean, I think there are a lot of people who would rather have, you know, a child, have no child than a child who is part of the LGBTQ plus community. And I think that's so sad. There's so... When you are having a child people ask you you know what do you want and people always say i just want a healthy child i'll love it no matter what mm-hmm. until but they're then, 10 and come out as until trans. they come out <laughs> as trans until they come out as lesbian until gay yeah. bisexual pansexual anything like that and then you have the gall to kick them out on the street mm-hmm. and act like they weren't ever yours so to be able to stop you know, gay jokes. Be like, that's not funny. Yeah. To just be able to sit down and have a conversation and learn about the person like we're doing now. To just be there for them and let them be able to talk to you about things. To not... I don't want to say discriminate against them because they're different than you. But that's kind of what comes to mind as allyship to I like another person despite whoever they may be and what what does that look like for you Lindsay I mean I think very much the same of like being able to stop the you know the jokes and being able to educate someone when they're saying something wrong or 
correct someone's pronouns and um, that kind of stuff. But I also think just <clears throat> being a person who is there and lets people be them be themselves unapologetically yeah. um, and just is okay with it and not having to like need an explanation for something and just being like cool with it all because none of it makes that person different in any way or changes who they are. Um, so I think just being chill with it all, I think is what I want in someone who's an ally is just like stop the harassment and all that good stuff, but also just be someone who's here to celebrate and, you know, would maybe want to go to pride with someone to help them celebrate themselves or those kinds of things. It's just, um, being a good friend too. And, and, and the pride events are, Friggin' awesome. I know, they're so, they're fun. so fun. Where would you not want to go? <laughs> um, they're, I mean, like, it, you know, every everything is there. Yeah. Like, literally, every, everything that is, like, anything that you could uh, imagine is is there. And, and, and it's done, you know, they're, they're put together so well. At least the ones that I've seen here in, here in the uh, Albany area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what you know you know for for either of you what if anything would you like to add that maybe i didn't think to bring up or we didn't think to bring up you know as a collective chat here i think that um celebrating and edging educating yourself on mental health is vital because mental health is everywhere. It is in that person who's grieving their loved one. It is in that high schooler who's anxious of, you know, doing a test. It's in that um, person who's having a manic episode or just got a borderline personality disorder. It's, it is everywhere and it is, un, it is invisible. Um, and I think that just understanding that everyone deals with their own story and you don't necessarily need to know every chapter of it, but being mm-hmm. okay that the book is written is awesome. Yeah. It, it's literally in everyone. It's in the highly successful CEO. Mm-hmm. It's in the person dealing with poverty and yeah. homeless and hungerness. Yeah. It's in the highest and lowest places that you can find it. And everyone struggles with it. And I think it's important to end the stigma around it in order to have that open conversation and to be able to openly say, I need help. Because yeah. there, there shouldn't be stigma around it. Well, to, to make a Toy Story reference, I want you both to know that you've got a friend in me. Such a good one. Yes. <laughs> and. It. And I cannot thank you both enough for, you know, volunteering to, you know, come over and, uh, and, and do the, the show with me here. Cause Absolutely. this, this was awesome. Yeah. Um, and we need to hang out more. Absolutely. <laughs> 100%. But I would like to spin the question back on you. Oh, okay. Um, sure. How could we become better allies for you as well, someone who is a non-sighted person in a sighted world? Uh, that's, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, 
and I told you this when you and I, because you started at Consumer Director Choices quite recently. Yes. When, when I met you, I want to say it was like mid, mid-April, so like a few weeks ago. Yeah. You, like you just with your with your etiquette i mean that was you know just so incredibly helpful how you made it a point to come over and introduce yourself because that's not something and and i'm guilty of this too i you know i could be better about that um and, and that that meant a lot to me so that i could put a a voice to the person yeah uh which Okay, that might sound stupid framing it that way. No. Sure as hell not putting a face to the name. <laughs> so, like, you know, things things like that or, or you know, asking, you know, can, can, I, can I help you or, or whatnot. Um, you know, one of the things as it relates to help is, you know, may I help you or can I help you perfectly all well and good? I will never critique anyone's intentions about that well when someone says let me help you mm-hmm. unless it's an emergency and we've got issues yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like how do i know like you're you're essentially by framing it that way and i know your intentions are good and you know and i'm by no means trying to minimize someone's understanding right. but you you can have really good intentions and have very poor execution. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've actually used that phrasing somewhat recently. That you know, good good intention, bad execution. Yeah. Because like, how do I know you're going to be able to help me with what you want me to let you help me with? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it, it's going to sound kind of dumb, but when I learned that. Um, you were a non-sighted person and worked at... You can C- just, you can just you say I'm a blind person. Okay. That's, that's I, non-sighted. I sure. that's, that's sanitized, politically correct bullshit. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I learned that you were a blind person um, and that I knew you didn't come into the office um, a lot. Were you concerned that I couldn't find my way? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was... I had asked Lindsay, you know, what can I do to be better you know when i meet you what can i do in order to have it i don't know be more comfortable i guess Mm. to have the good etiquette of being like okay i'm right behind you like i don't want to startle you anything like that and i know it sounds dumb but it was something that i wanted to make a point to do so that i no, wasn't the rude. world needs more of that yes. people actually trying to be helpful to other people and not be a disruption or in their way or whatever and i think that goes for any person with any kind of disability or ability or, or mental health struggle whatever right yeah. and, and the like that means honestly sarah that means the world to me that you Aww. that you did that I, I just, I knew I wanted to be better and I didn't want to be rude. And I just wanted to know the proper way of like, if you needed help, mm-hmm. you know, finding your way. I know I'm supposed to grab you by the elbow and help lead you and, you know, things like that. 
right. being able to know those sort of things because my mind always goes to what if there's an emergency and I need to help mm-hmm. sure and I mean the movies don't help they say that blind people like put their hand on your face to like see what you look like and that's not necessarily something that's done often or at all correct me if I'm wrong but well it's very much a Hollywood thing when it comes to blind people yeah I mean I've personally like I mean that like the only thing about you know, like feeling faces is um like I mean I just I don't want to you know feel acne as if like there's braille <laughs> <laughs> all honesty that's and again like you know every blind person is is different that you know to me that i i don't get much out of feeling someone's face i just don't yeah like it's a flipping face yeah (laughs) (laughs) like i i don't understand that but i mean i also know and I think you're referencing the movie Ray, right? It, um, I mean, I think there's a bunch of movies that that is featured in. Yeah, well, I mean, part of it is, you know, and I'm so glad you brought up the movies, is that um, there are non-disabled actors playing, playing disabled oh, roles. That's a whole new other podcast, please. Yeah, it is. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, um, which, like, we should definitely do. Absolutely. Um, because it's it's so important, but I yeah I, I I've never I never really understood that, but yeah like Ray Charles, um, mm-hmm. so um, hopefully I can do this and it not be weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> what would because I think this is how he how he would do it. So would one of you mind like handing me your your wrists? Yeah. Okay. So, so Lindsay's, because this is a podcast, Lindsay's <laughs> extending her wrist out to me. And what you do, what he would do is like take his uh, middle finger and thumb and like wrap it around the wrist to get a sense of like what the, what the person looks like. Interesting. Yeah. Are, are you okay oh, if I do yeah. that with you? Okay. I, I don't want to be weird. So yeah, that's just, okay. Yeah. See? Does it help? Does it give you any kind of indication um, of what that person might I, be? I mean, it. It does to a it, it does to a degree. You know thank, how big the wrist is. Right, right. So thank thank you both for that. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, it it does. Um, but I mean, I also know that, like, let's be real. You, you know, Ray Charles is not exactly a saint. Yeah. Um, married multiple times and 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 had a myriad of substance issues mm-hmm. and. Like in and in the movie, because uh, I would get this question all the time. There's a line that says, "You you know, pay me in ones." And someone said, "Is that true?" I'm like, "Well, yeah, because that's how I know exactly how much currency I'm working with without mm-hmm. using some sort of an identifier." Yeah. Um, but it's you know now. I mean, here 2022. It's no, I, I, as I said, I don't like dealing with cash mm-hmm, yeah, because yeah. it's, 
And I think, actually, I said this, you know, before we taped or, or started taping, because, you know, all the currency feels the same. Mm-hmm. We're the only, quote unquote, developed country that it does. And uh, I, you know, if, it, if it's digital, it's better, you know, yeah. like. Um, On Venmo, uh, you know exactly how much right. you're sending. Ex- mm-hmm. Exactly. And you can and you can check it and and whatnot. It's it's just so much so much easier you know so like the cindy i think it was cindy lobby's like let's get, or no madonna let's get physical let's physical like, yeah. no let's get digital digital <laughs> <That's> <laughs> great, yes. like let's get rid of the penny because pennies sorry i i don't understand the use of pennies anymore yeah. um but and, at least with coins you'd be able to feel the size yes the weight. So there's different weights to them as well yeah although the penny and the dime feel pretty similar in size okay. so sometimes if you have a rough edged penny yeah, uh, I've I've gotten that confused before, or if or if it's a nickel with really smooth edges, uh, sometimes that yeah. can be a little deceiving. Interesting. Gosh, like this podcast has gone in so, so many different directions. directions. <laughs> yeah, I I love this because usually, I tend to do a little bit more structured stuff. Like not totally structured, but you know you you, you have parameters because usually people just. You know, want to talk about you know, like something that they're plugging or doing or or yeah. or whatnot. But like with with this, well, and also too, like I, all my podcasts used to be on the on the radio, which I've I've pulled that because um, I can be I can be a little a bit more free. I don't need to be like tied to the clock or yeah. And frankly, like we can, we can swear. And exactly, yeah. Say whatever you want to say. Exactly, and and it just it just works out better. Yeah. Um. And and, and honestly, that's that's the future. So. Absolutely. Um. I I will let you I will let you guys carry on with your day. And again, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Appreciate of course. Let's see how do I? Speech on. Cellular three and four bars. Sheet grabber. Duration. Stop, stop, button. Thank you so much for listening to this mental health awareness episode of Blaze and Access. I'd be grateful if you shared the show with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you can, please consider making a donation to my website, which is blazinshows.com. That's B-L-A-I-S-I-N shows.com. Because every single cent goes toward equipment and resources to make the podcast more accessible to all. I will be back in two weeks to talk about why I do podcasting and want to hear why you do too. Until then, take care and stay safe.